Hey, good morning, Daniel. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. I'm fine. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to share. I, I know you and your team bring a very unique um, uh, perspective of everything that's happening um, in Ukraine. And so before we even dive into any of that, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you ended up in Ukraine? Okay, thank you very much. It's a privilege and my pleasure to be with you this morning. And uh, basically, my name is Oyesanya Daniel Olua Shola. I'm from Nigeria and um, Ogun State, part of Nigeria. That's the state in Nigeria. And that's where I was born and I grew up in Ogun State. So um, I studied the secondary level in Nigeria. I studied nursing in Nigeria then. In 2015, that's when I came to Ukraine to study medicine. And when I got to Ukraine in 2015, I finished 2021 medicine. And I registered for a master's course on about on computer and all that. So it was that was when the situation started. Wow! So so you you you're from Nigeria. Yes. You studied there initially, made it to mm -hmm. Ukraine, yes. where you studied medicine, and now you were starting kind of your master's work mm -hmm. yes. um, in Ukraine. And so, how how many were in your group? Um. In our group, totally we're 23. 23? 23 at first, yeah. 23 at first, okay. All right. And so you're studying there in Ukraine and probably just doing the the the, the, the educational life, the, the student yeah. life. <laughs> and then here comes the 24th of February. Yes. Um, before we even dive into the 24th, what was your perspective as you were seeing and hearing kind of what was happening around the border of Russia and Ukraine? Uh, what, what was your perspective? Did you think anything was going to happen or, or did okay. you uh, kind of? Okay. Um, I, at first, when I came 2015 to Ukraine, when I got to Ukraine in 2015, I heard about um, the um, Russia-Ukraine um, issues that they were already having issues around the border. So it's like a norm. So I was, we were not expecting anything more than that because there's always this um, eat up um, issues around the border. Okay, they want this part of the territory and all that. So we weren't expecting anything different from normal. So until 24th of February, where the story changed. And so what happened on the 24th of February? Where were you and your team? Okay, in fe 24th of February, um, myself, I was in my apartment in Ukraine, Ternopil. And but some of them stay in the hostel, some other people stay in their own apartment also. But that morning, I remember I was in, a, I didn't sleep over the night. I was doing some studies and I was um, trying to be awake. So I was at 5 a.m. or so. I, I, I heard like a siren from outside, but I didn't really pay attention because I thought it was just anybody who made a sound or something. So it was when I, when I was at 6 a.m. in the morning, I got the news that um you russia just striked in um eastern part of ukraine because where i stay in ukraine is the western part so and that was the reason why the siren was out there so i was shocked and i was i, I wanted to say my prayer that morning but it was difficult because i couldn't have my peace again so i was just like oh god what is this so i checked the news i saw the strike in um at Kiev, the capital city and some other places like Arkov city and all that so that was the way it started. So I spoke with other members of the team. Some of them were already crying. Some were fidgeting. 
I, of course, I, as the, one of the elders among them, I couldn't, I had to encourage them, I had to speak with them to make sure they are fine and to make sure they are, um, they, 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 just to give them hope so that we're not going to die here. Don't worry, everything is okay. So, yeah, I spoke with them and at the long run, we couldn't leave that day 24th. We're in Ukraine till 28. We left Ukraine, we left Ukraine 27, 28. I'm not sure exactly, but when we spent about two days after the uh, issue, because I remember the follow the night of the of 24th, another siren came up, <laughs> so we're told already, and we we're given some map where we could hide ourselves in, in some uh, underground shellings and all that. So one was close to my house. Every other individuals, my group mate, they also f were able to find find theirs, and also so when the alarm rings that way, you go under there. It's it's when they ring the alarm generally when they dictate that there's like an airstrike or something. So you can hide and you um, you don't die and you prevent yourself from dying. So we had to run on that place. I had to call others that are with me. Hello, are you currently on that ground? Make sure you keep safe and all that. So on the 26th night, that's when I spoke with them and I told them that, okay, because some of their parents want them to leave Ukraine already. And there's no way we could fly out with airplanes and all that because the whole airport situation has been closed down. So we got a bus. I spoke with a bus driver where we got a bus of about 50 seaters. Yeah, 50 seaters. So, and I also make a group call with them and I told them that they should pack their things, try to travel light and let's try to move out. Just pick things that are important to you, like a certificate and all that. So in the morning, we got to the meeting point. Yeah, when we got to the meeting point, the driver didn't come early. That I expected. It's supposed to come around nine o'clock, but it came around almost one p.m. in the afternoon. So the driver came. <laughs> so we all entered into the bus, and there are other people who also joined us because we had enough space. Also, so we were able to take other people. We were about 50, 55 total, and we had to pay huge amounts of money. Of course, it was a lot of money because the driver didn't make it cheap because at that time he knew that we didn't have any other option so it was very quite expensive so we entered then we drove down to um Chenevici. Chenevici is the last city in ukraine that is bordering romania so when we get got there he dropped us uh, just after the city a little bit because we couldn't get to the border because there were a lot of traffic a lot of people want to move out of the place so we had to walk for about two three hours so with our bags and all that. In fact, some of my colleagues had to train with their bag because they were tired already. They couldn't move or they couldn't walk faster. And so when we got to the border at first, the place was full. In fact, that some people, the soldiers, they were not attending to us as they should. And a lot of people from India, from different people were there. And I remember one Indian guy was trying to uh, have some issues with them. Why are you not letting us go in and all that and all that? So they, they shot the gun up to scare people away from the um, from the entrance of the border because we lost. And after that, we waited. At least I was at the border for about two days, for two days, yeah, forty eight hours or even more, because I um, I slept at the border the first day. Then the second day I didn't sleep there. I had to work. Um, yeah, even the second day we were there. So it was the third day early in the morning, six a.m. or so. That's on the third day. That's when we were able to enter with my colleague. Though some of my colleagues entered after 24 hours, about four or six of them, because we were not, they didn't allow us to enter as a group. So we had to enter like two, two, sometimes after four hours again, you allow another set of people to enter. So it was not all the same. But I was part of the last set of people that entered 
that, that morning because I had to wait for everybody to cross over because I don't want to get into Romania and having to call somebody, oh, you're still behind, oh, what are we going to do now? So I had to just stay for all of them to go then. I moved with the last batch into Romania. So from Romania, wow. that's how we were able to cross, yes. So let, let me just recap that just uh, <laughs> uh, for, for the listeners a little bit and, yeah. and, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of these. Mm -hmm. So the 24th, you hear the sirens going off. You're mm -hmm. saying, whoa, is this for real? Is this not for real? <laughs> then you realize a few hours later, this is real because uh, everyone is talking about it. Exactly. They're probably showing images on TV. Mm -hmm. You know, you can check your web and see, oh, they're yeah. under attack. Mm -hmm. And then that starts your journey. 27th is when you actually get that bus, 27th, 28th. Mm -hmm. what, what's amazing is, is the story you just shared. I've heard so many times, you know, people getting to that border um, and it taking days to cross that border yeah. uh, especially during those early times because yeah. you know you had people in panic no one really knew mm -hmm. you know was it going to just stay to the east was it going to start coming west um and so everyone was just kind of making a surge towards yeah. poland moldova romania and um and so i've heard that story a lot of people having to wait and wait and wait and we we actually have uh some folks uh with our team down in moldova on the border down there mm -hmm and uh i've seen pictures from that and it's 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 heartbreaking to see mm -hmm. uh families and children um and that, you know obviously anyone that has to wait because mm -hmm. you don't know there's ambiguity going on uh you don't know what's going to happen <laughs> and then, you know so uh that's an amazing story and so not only are you trying to get across yourself but being kind of the team leader now you're having to shepherd others across and make sure they make it across safely before you can go across. Yeah. So how, what kind of, as a leader, what was kind of going through your mind as, as the leader, you know, a leader of the group, what was in your mind? Were, were you, I mean, obviously you were thinking about their well-being. Um, you, you're responsible. You, you said you had parents calling saying, I want my, my, my student home now and you, you, you can't get on an airplane. What was going through your mind as a leader? Yeah, actually it was for me personally, it was a very difficult time for me though. Of course, it was, it was important for me to act strong because of them, because if I, if I decide to break down, it will be very difficult for them because some of them were already down, already crying, some of them were acting different way. But, I just felt like at that point, the only thing I could do was just to pray that I just needed a strength from inside that I just wanted God to give me strength. And how God did it, I can't really explain, but I know that I was strong from inside of me. I was not panicking. Even at the border where when things were happening, I remember the first day at night, it was snowing for a long hours. And of course in Ukraine, you know, the snow is very, 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 it's a lot. And were there inside the snow because there was nowhere to stay. We had to stay under the snow. My legs, in fact, I had so many injuries on my leg because my shoes, everything was just having issues. So, but at that point, I just didn't knew that I was more concerned about others because then I was just thinking about God, just help us to cross over. I don't want to lose anybody because I encouraged them. I told them that one of the things I'm sure is that we're not going to lose anybody don't worry you're going to be fine and they were all happy of course because i'm a funny person i try to make jokes at times with them so we could laugh we could have a discussion so that they can 
think that off their head and they can concentrate on something else. And yeah, I believe that's how we're able to um, to keep everything. That's, it, it's, it, that's interesting because as a leader, we, we find ourselves in that place a lot of times where where we have to be strong because of the situation we're yeah. in. But deep down inside, we're, we're, we're relying on our faith. We're relying yeah. on God. And, and mm-hmm. we're, we're just as concerned as probably some of the people we're leading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we have to demonstrate that strength to help keep people's heads held high mm-hmm. and keep them moving. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it, 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 that's what's required of a leader, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I commend you for, for being able to control mm-hmm. your your emotions and your, your you know, your, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as you're going through that challenging time um, and, and grateful that you, 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 you were able to get everyone across safely and you mm-hmm. kept your word. Your word was, we're not going to die here. We're not, no one's going to die here. And so you've kept your word and everyone's there. So let's fast forward just a little bit. So you get to Romania or you're, so you, you cross into Romania. Mm-hmm. Now, when you crossed into Romania, did you know anyone? Did you have a clue about where you were going to go next? Um, or were you just kind of like, all right, well, we're in Romania now. Uh, tell me about that. Okay. Um, you know, I said earlier that about a couple of them entered into Romania before myself. So none of us, we didn't, we didn't know anybody in Romania. I've never been to Romania before. I don't have any Romania friends. I don't have anybody. But when I got to Romania, I, when we crossed the border, there were already buses waiting for us like um, bigger buses that need to take us from there to the capital city. But So I spoke with uh, one of those that crossed earlier. She told me that um, um, they met with somebody who uh, kept put them in an hotel for a day or two so that they can also find their way to the capital. So I said, okay. So they were around the Suceva region of Romania. So when I called them also, I had to hook up with them. So we went to, they took us to a place like uh, a mini hotel where we were to sleep that night. But the place wasn't so conducive for us because <laughs> it was it was not so good enough for us as we would have wanted it. And you know, because we we're a lot, there's no way we could have managed it. So we spoke with the man, then later he took us to uh, like a college around um, Piachan and uh, one, one part of the, you know, still very close to Ceseva too. So we, that's where we stayed for about 10 days. Then the other ladies that went ahead of us to also join us there. So we're there for 10 days. Yeah, that's what we're doing. So there for 10 days. And now, mm-hmm. how did you, uh, I, I know that you're staying with our our, our friend and our partner, uh, mm-hmm. Pastor George there. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you connect with him? How, how did you, how did he find you or you find him? And and um, okay. how did that come to be? Okay. So where the whole issue started was where when we were in the other city I was talking about. When we were there, we spent just 10 days and the immigration there, they were giving us so much issue. And there was a church also in that prayer Um I think the pastor is a pastor, um, that, um, maybe it's Tom or something. I want to remember his name. <laughs> All right. So when he was the one who was encouraging us to, we attended the church one, one, on a Sunday or Friday, I can't remember. We attended once. So after we attended the church, he encouraged us. And sometimes they come around to take us out. We mingle with them together and they encourage us that we shouldn't worry that God is with us and God will definitely help us to pass through this phase. They were surprised that at that point we we're not we're not crying any longer. We are not sad and we're also trying to mingle with them because we have to life goes on. So we have to move on. So from there, 
we had problem with immigration. The immigration in that city, they didn't want us in the city. They said, no, they didn't want us to stay in their city and all that and all that. They called, they keep calling us almost every day to come to their immigration without no reason. We told them that according to the rules that we are supposed to be able to stay in this place for at least three months or 90 days. But the man said, no, that it's not going to happen, that that's not the rule. And I remember then we had to call the um, um, Romania, Romania immigration. They told us 90 days at that time. We called even my country. I called the Nigeria embassy. They also gave us that. So even at, at some point, there was a woman from the church there, you know, from the church we were attending there, there was a lawyer too there in that church. There were there was also a, a woman that followed us to the immigration office. So they said, both of them, they also called the immigration at the border where we entered from. They also told them 90 days. But it was obvious that the immigration people in that city, they didn't want us. So that same day, they were asked to leave the college. It took us to uh, like a cabin or... I don't know how to explain, but it's just like, it's not a house, but it was built with like a wooden, something like that, it's like a cabin. So we're there and he told us that that's where we're going to be, like an outskirt, it's like outskirt of the city. People don't really stay there. So when we got there, after 20, after 20 hours there, after they told us we'll be able to stay there for some days or a month or so, they told us that no, we can't stay any longer, that, that the government or something, or, or I don't know. They just act to, they told us we have to leave that night, the, the following night. And it was very, very difficult for us. We didn't even know what to do. We had to book um, um, a ticket, a train ticket going to Bucharest, that's the capital city. Yeah, all through this period, the church people, they were with us, they were encouraging us. They were trying their best to make sure to bring information from um, Bucharest and also to let them know that we can stay in the country and all that. But the, there was a particular man in the immigration office. He was the major issue. Every other person was calm, but he's he like, he didn't want to see us at all. I don't know, maybe the racist, of course, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that that was the experience we had there. So moving from the PHR names, we had to travel for about 10, 12 hours, I think, maybe 10 hours to Bucharest. So we'll go to Bucharest on the 20 that's on the first uh first of march that should be no no not sorry that should be around 12th of march because it's 10 days 12 12 of march it was on a saturday we got to Bukhara that morning then the nigerian embassy agent came to pick us from the train station to lodge us in a hotel but there was no space in almost all the hotels again there was nowhere we could stay in fact they got only about six rooms and we're 23 at that time so there was no hope for us we were outside in front of the hotel for long hours because there was nothing we could do. But thank God to the uh, the pastor from Peachanem that was keeping up with me and was chatting me up. Oh, how are you doing? Have you got to a place? I said, not really. We are just outside here, hoping that we're waiting outside, hoping that people will log, log out of the hotel, then we can take a space. That's why we are simply outside. And some people had to take the six rooms because everybody was tired. Everybody needed to sleep. Everybody needed rest. We needed to eat something. We were on everything. Everything was wrong. So I said, okay, this is what we could do. And the hotel people gave us opportunity or the, uh, the opportunity to put more people in one room, at least maybe three people in just a room so that all people can rest. So I told them they should go inside. So I was, most of them went in and some of us, few of us, at least the more matured ones, to stay outside and let's just wait, we could endure that. And at some point we're feeling sleepy, we just have to place our heads on our bags and all that. So fortunately, the pastor from Peachanem, they now called Pastor Judge. So when he called Pastor Judge in Bucharest, Pastor Judge would pick the call and then he shared the contact with me. So Pastor Judge told us that he could get a place for us that since we don't have anywhere to stay. 
so he got a place for us that we are here currently and we are still here for since March or uh, of March we have been there and yeah they has been they have really really done a lot of things for us they have provided not just accommodation they have shared their stuff with us they, both in terms of um food in terms of clothing in terms of money in fact they've shared their love with us so we're not enjoying staying here they are really wonderful people yeah i know of course the i've never met him before and the kind of way he has decided to show his love and even member of the church it's something very very commendable i must say it's very beautiful yeah you know that's one thing if, if we could have a quick bra you know brag on pastor george that's one thing i i i love about him is his heart uh to serve his community and and really people as a whole and uh you know he's got that smile and that that yeah. kind of that presence that that, that okay. kind of draws you in and exactly. and um and so i am you know and and you know i was talking to someone the other day and we were talking about you know how better for the church to show love than to provide for someone's basic needs right yeah. um I mean, so often we feel like it has to be this, uh, you know, big thing. But in this situation, here's a church who's just saying, how can I serve you? How can I help you? You need a place to rest. We've got a place to rest. You need food. Let us feed you. And that's really what the church is all about is, is uh, you know, helping people, uh, you know, get back on, on, you know, in some cases their feet um, or find rest. And then ultimately through that, they see the power of Christ. So um, I, 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 I'm so happy that you guys were able to find him and uh, you know, and that he's been able to, to take, take good care of you guys. Um, I saw a picture of, of you guys, you were sitting in the little dining area eating and yeah. uh, someone was making a funny face at the camera. I remember that <laughs> might, might've might been you. Uh, anyway, I, you know, that was right before the, the last time I was in Romania before we flew out of Bucharest, uh, we were at Pastor George's church and we were all sitting at that same table eating a meal together. And uh, and we, we had that right before we had to head over to the airport and get ready for our, our flight out the next day. And so uh, it was it was just such an amazing memory of, you know, I've been at that same table that you, you were at and, uh, you know, eaten amongst his team and with him, uh, our team did too. So, what? What? Let me, Daniel. Let me ask you this. So, what's next? I mean, I, I know you. You probably don't have everything all figured out, but but what, what? Are you guys trying to get back to Nigeria? Yeah. Um. Currently, because when we when we came to Bucharest, we were the, what we had in mind at first, we didn't know what to do exactly. But we just needed a place to stay first, so that we can at least rest a little bit and then know what next, because. At that time, we're thinking, okay, the war won't last maybe more than a few weeks and or a month. So from there, we could just maybe go back to going to finish our, our studies because, you know, most people don't want to travel back to Africa, then come back again after a month or two to come and right. continue their study. So that's why we're here. But currently, we are just um, 19 here because the um, two people went to Germany. No, yeah, three people went to Germany then. Then one other person also went to Netherlands because of the, the of their family members of people they know there so they had to move there to with them but we are still here so currently we're just thinking of um some are thinking of how to transfer maybe to a romanian school if possible while we are still 
using one other eye to wait for Ukraine to finish their war because you know sometimes as medical students it's not very easy for us to transfer into another school just like that because of right. so many reasons their standard and uh, the the same um the 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 way the system of the school and the our school is all those things need to be uh, and you need to get your transcripts some of a certificate are in school like a O level certificate so there are so many things involved but currently um maybe personally I I am thinking if I could get a maybe if I could still get something to do I can still stay a little bit longer or probably go to Africa but one of the problem with physical currently is because I feel like I don't want to leave. With, without others making good decisions so that if they don't make decisions they will not be stranded and they will not um just maybe have to be worried because you know some there's a way people put their um maybe not, maybe not their faith in you because you're not god but uh they are looking at you to help them make some decisions so you have to sit with them okay what do you want to do this okay let's try this out let's get information about this to make sure everybody's moving at the same place rather than some people already ahead of them so I think that's where we are currently. So it goes back to that leadership thing we talked about earlier. People are still looking to you to be the leader and there's an obligation that you feel mm -hmm. to help them try to be safe, of course, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, have a plan of, of a plan of action. Um, and and uh, are, are you guys studying it all now? Um, currently, um, the school in Ukraine is still um, offering their courses online. So wow. almost everybody, we are still having our online classes. In fact, today, almost everybody have their class today. So we're still doing online classes. So that's, that's one is still helping us move forward. And, you know, we had to put so many things in place and all that for the classes, you know, because of the devices, some people didn't come with their laptop, but now everything is a little bit balanced, at least to be able to have our classes. Yeah. Nice. And so, so what you're saying is even in the middle of war, you still have homework. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Well, let me let me uh, kind of as a last question to you. Uh, this is really from your perspective. Uh, you know, coming from Africa, seeing everything that's happened in Ukraine, now being in Romania and Bucharest, what is the greatest need you see um, in for for the Ukrainian people? Um, as you, I'm, I'm sure you had made some friends in Ukraine because um, you'd been over there for a while. And as you're hearing these stories, as you're seeing these images, as you yourself experienced some of these stories and images as you left, what do you feel like the greatest need? If you were talking to someone here in the United States, you know, I'm in Dallas, Texas, um, what would you tell me, uh, you know, something I could tangibly do, something I personally could do um, or, or my neighbor could do to help? What would you say you see their greatest needs being right now? Okay. For I believe for people in Ukraine, because uh, some of them are still in Ukraine, why some are out of Ukraine? Because some people didn't leave Ukraine. I, I, I spoke with some people or I was able to get the information. People are still, some people are still in Ukraine, they decide not, not to leave because of course they need to protect their country and all that. But basically for those that are out of Ukraine now, I believe their basic need first is accommodation and a proper like shelter or and feeding and all that because um you know the truth is that either we believe it or not there are still people in this age that we are that don't feel the need to help human beings like them and i believe wherever they are now some of them are still stranded some of them need a place uh, so that they i'll just encourage people or beg people 
to try as much as possible that anyone could find themselves in such situation and try to open your arms to assist as much people you can assist as God has blessed you to do. Because um, some of most some of them need help. Why some of them? Yes, I know they've settled down somewhere, but I believe some of them still need help. But for those that are in Ukraine, they don't plan to move out, and I believe that. They are only fighting for their country, which is very important because everybody cannot eventually leave when you truly look at the state of the issues. And all they just need is they just need the war to stop, basically. Yeah. And once the war stops, I believe that they will be us, they'll be fine. And everybody will those that need to move back to the country will move back and everything will go normally again. Yeah, I think that's the prayer that everyone has for Ukraine is that um you know, that the, the, they'll find peace and they'll have their country back and they'll be able to co go back home. Um, every Ukrainian I've talked to thus far has said they're, they're, they miss home. Yeah. They're grateful, don't get me wrong, they're incredibly grateful for people who have opened their yes. doors, mm -hmm. so. fed them, clothed them, given them mm -hmm. shelter, but they miss home. And they Definitely. said, you know, I just, I wanna go home. I wanna mm -hmm. be back. I've, I've never wanted to be back in my country so badly. And, and the, uh, the the you know the crazy part is is you know there's still so much happening you know mm -hmm. just because we may not see it here in the united states mm -hmm. on the front page of the media anymore doesn't mean that the war is over by any means uh you know we're still hearing reports from certain border crossings that are are, mm -hmm. are full and uh you know we're still receiving guests to some of our 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 shelters uh you know ev every day uh and and trying to help in our clinics and things like that so uh, definitely people, I think, need to remember that there's still a long way to go. And then there's the rebuilding efforts that are going to have to take place. Um, how's your university? Is your university still standing? Or did it get bombed? Is it, do you have, your, do you know anything yeah, about that? Yeah, currently the university is still standing, um, you know, um, because I, as I've said earlier, that Tenopil is in the Western part. And the only okay. time I heard of any explosion was just once. And I think it was around the outskirts of the city, but the school is intact they I'm, I'm still in communication with some of the teachers and some of the people there so yeah the school everything is still intact so that's good news so if something does happen in the worst this war stops quickly you guys should be able to go back and continue hopefully continue your education a little bit if the school mm -hmm. is obviously yeah. still still standing so yeah well, I'll tell you what, Daniel, I really, really appreciate your time this morning. Thank, Thank you. you so much for sharing your story. It was it was nice to hear a a um a perspective of someone who who had a different path, a different journey through Ukraine, uh, yours uh, via Africa, <laughs> via Nigeria. And so I really appreciate your time this morning. Is there anything else you want to share with us? Um basically i believe that's all we just personally i also would like to thank you for taking time to reach out to us and also we are we we believe that as time goes on things will get better and you know yeah thank you so much sean here thank you so much for listening to today's podcast if you enjoyed it please consider giving it a like a follow and a share and if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform consider giving it five stars I look forward to sharing the next story with you real soon.